Everybody, it's labor and love. Head <clears throat> of James, and remember, no matter what you do, no matter how you choose, you gotta serve somebody. Maybe the devil, maybe the Lord, but you gotta serve somebody. Rock and roll addict, prancing on the stage. Drugs that choke a man, women in the cage. Under another name, but 
And that, in case you don't know, <laughs> was Etta James. Etta James singing Bob Dylan's You Gotta Serve Somebody. How true that is. Everything you do, every decision you make, you're either making things better or not, or worse. In the words of Eldridge Cleaver, I'm not a big Eldridge Cleaver fan. You're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Which one will you be? Before that, we had Fight the Power, hip-hop from Public Enemy. Fight the Power. We got to fight the powers that be. And Joan Baez... The uh, Joe Hill anthem. Baez stood up at uh, Woodstock, a bunch of people who were mainly interested in other aesthetic and physical pleasures, and sang this song about the life of Joe Hill, reminding everybody there, hopefully, that theirs was a working class movement working class movement. People took one look at the working class life that was being offered to them and said, sorry, <sighs> sorry, got to get, uh, got to get in some resistance before I settle down. And Joe Hill, we're going to talk more about Joe Hill, actually, um, because today is an anniversary, the day in 1912 when Joe Hill was arrested, and we'll read Joe Hill's labor card shortly. We also have to celebrate, as we do every year, the death and life of Martin Luther King Jr., a man far more radical than people would give us to believe. Here he is talking about the dignity of labor. But before that, let me remind you, you're listening to Labor and Love Radio, and we're coming to you from Mutiny Radio, our studio at 2781 21st Street, Labor and Love Radio. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, where you work, you're on the menu. Your life and your well-being are being uh, bargained away or taken away. And finally, never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Okay, this is the B. And as I said, Mutiny Radio is gearing up here for the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. 25, com 25 comics from all over the country. 
are coming to Mutiny Radio in early March to entertain you, to celebrate the art of comedy. Okay, so come on down to Mutiny Radio. This is a community art space. We have uh, several art installations. Uh, one, in fact, by one of our programmers, Scotto, who follows me with his show, uh, Flat Black Plastic. Anyway, come on down to Mutiny and get involved. We've got radio. We've got comedy. We've got a space you can rent for your own event. Okay, we've got poetry readings. We've got video showing. A community arts center for sure. Okay. Uh, before we get into our labor beat, uh, let's talk a little bit about Joe Hill. <clears throat> the man known as Joe Hill was born in Sweden. His given name was Joel Emanuel Hagland. He came to the U.S. in 1910 and worked at migrant labor jobs all over the country. Joe joined the IWW and wrote several famous songs and poems about unions and working people. In 1915, he was accused of killing a store owner in Colorado. Most people thought Joe was innocent and that he had been framed by mine owners, but he was executed anyway. One of the famous of all labor songs, I Dreamed I Saw Joe Hill, the one we just played uh, in Joan Baez's version, claims that Joe Hill is still there, alive as you or me. <clears throat> Play one of Joe's songs. This is a famous one the preacher and the slave. Yeah. Did, uh, did you know Joe Hill? Yeah, I know him uh, well as well as as well as anybody could be said to know him. He was a man of mystery. Nobody really knew the guy. Well, where did you first meet Joe Hill? Well, I think it was in Portland, Oregon. When was this? Uh, that was in the uh, fall of 1910. And incidentally, I was a I had the honor of. Uh, singing The Preacher and the Slave, you know, the long-haired preacher song, everybody knows that. Yeah. I had the honor of singing that for the first time in public. Joe brought it in and uh, turned it over to the secretary of the Portland uh, local of the IWW, and he got out a leaflet on it, and I think we sold at the second street meeting. The first street meeting, we weren't prepared. We didn't have it printed, but the second street meeting, we sold over $30 worth of them at a dime or thrower or whatever they wanted to contribute. So you were the first one to sing it? I was the first one to sing it in public. Sing it now. Long-haired preacher? Yeah. Long-haired preachers come out every night Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right But when asked how about something to eat They will answer with voices so sweet you will eat by and by In that glorious land above the sky Way up high, work and pray 
live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. Holy rollers and jumpers come out. And they sing and they clap and they shout. Give your money to Jesus, they say. He will cure all diseases today. And you will eat by and by in that glorious... Yeah. Uh, did you know Joe Hill? Yeah, I know him. And they sing and they clap and they shout. Give your money to Jesus, they say. He will cure all diseases today. And you will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. And the starvation army they play. And they sing and they clap and they pray. Till they get all your coin on the drum. But they'll tell you when you're on the bum. You will eat by and by. In that glorious land above the sky, way up high, work and pray, live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. Working men of all countries unite. Side by side, we for freedom will fight. When this world and its wealth we have gained, to the grafters we'll sing this refrain You will eat by and by When you've learned how to cook and to fry And bake a pie, chop some wood It'll do you good And you'll eat in the sweet by and by You wise guy <laughs> The copper bosses killed you, Joe. They shot you, Joe, says I. Takes more than guns to kill a man, says Joe. I didn't die, says Joe. I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling eyes says Joe what they can never kill went on to organize went on to organize Joe Hill is about this man who was a combination songwriter and labor organizer and he used to travel from town to town organizing and the police used to kick him out of every town he got into that he was framed up on a murder charge. 
they asked him if he had any last words before facing this gun squad. He said, yes, don't mourn for me. Organize. Joe Hill became one of Robinson's most famous songs, but his beginnings were humble. Earl composed the song about the executed labor organizer in 1936 while working at a communist summer camp in upstate New York. The writer, Alfred Hayes, who was head of drama at the camp, had written a poem a few years before and gave it to Earl to set to music as part of an evening campfire program. I went into a tent and came out 40 minutes later with a tune. Uh, I tried it out that night and for some reason or other, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of applause. Maybe it was the seriousness of the song or something. But the next morning, I was buttonholed by a few people who said, hey, that's a pretty good tune. Could you have a copy of the lyrics? <laughs> well, my dear, by the end of that summer, we were hearing of this song, Joe Hill, being sung in the New Orleans Labor Council on a San Francisco picket line, and it was taken to Spain by the American Lincoln Brigade to help fight Franco, and it's been traveling ever since. From San Diego up to the kind of song that's adopted by the struggle, wherever the struggle is taking place in the world. misery and hunger be free and come do your share like a man there is power there is power in the band of working men when they stand hand in hand that's a power that's a power that must rule in every land one industrial union grand would you have mansions of gold in the sky and live in the shack 
away in the back Would you have wings up in heaven to fly And starve here with rags on your back There is power, there is power in the band of working men When they stand hand in hand That's a power, that's a power that must rule in every land One industrial union grand if you had enough of the blood of the lamb, then join in the grand industrial band. If for a change you would have eggs and ham, then come do your share like a man. There is power, there is power in the band of working men when they stand hand in hand. That's a power, that's a power that must rule in every land. One industrial union grand. If you like sluggers to beat off your head, then don't organize or unions despise. If you want nothing before you are dead, shake hands with your boss and look wise. There is power, there is power in the band of working men when they stand hand in hand. That's a power, that's a power that must rule in every land, one industrial union grand. Oh, come, all ye workers from every land, come join in the grand industrial band. Then we our share of this earth shall demand, come on, do your share like a man. There was power, there was power in the band of working men, when they stand hand in hand. That's a power, that's a power that must rule in every land, one industrial union grand. One industrial union That was the uh, Joe Hill song, and it was uh, in Italian. The um, the uh, subtitles were in Italian uh, over a movie. There was Power in the Union, another Joe Hill song. We had There's Power in the Union, Joe Hill song. Um... Before that, a documentary that included parts of um, the song sung by the great Paul Robeson and by Joan Baez, and uh, some commentary from about a girl, a guy named Earl Robinson, who was a uh, who was a um, songwriter, union songwriter. Here's one more called Pie in the Sky. This is from a movie about Joe Hill. Joe, 
industrial workers of the world. Hanging is not too good for them. They would be much better dead. But they are absolutely useless. They are absolutely useless in this economy. Come over here, will you? I want you to take these boxes and get out of here. But those people over there, they can carry on in public. Why can't we have the same right? Well, uh, well, they're, they're singing, aren't they? can pray, live on hay, you'll get pie in the sky when you die. But now I see. Sweet by and by again, please. Long-haired preachers come out every night Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right When you ask how about something to eat They will answer with voices so sweet You will eat by and by In that glorious land in the sky Work and pray, live on hay You'll get pie in the sky when you die. And the starvation army they play. And they clap and they sing and they pray. Till they get all your coin on the drum. Then they tell you that you are on the bum. You will eat by and by. In that glorious land in the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. If you work hard for children and wife, try to get something good in this life. You're a sinner and bad man, they tell. When you die, you will surely go to hell. You will eat by and by. In that glorious land in the sky, work and pray, live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. Working men of all countries unite. Side by side, we for freedom will fight. When the world and its wealth we have gained, to the grafters we'll sing this refrain. You will eat by and by When you learn how to cook and to fry Chop some wood, twill do you good And you'll eat in the sweet by and by Yeah! All right, that was Joe Hill. That was kind of a fictionalized version of how Joe Hill created the song... Um, wrote alternative lyrics to a religious uh, evangelical song.
uh, you will eat by and by in that glorious land in the sky. And we're also celebrating, well, let's read a little about the case. In 1914, uh, John G. Morrison, a Salt Lake City area grocer and former policeman, and his son were shot and killed by two men. That same evening, Hill arrived at a doctor's office with a gunshot wound and briefly mentioned a fight over a woman. He refused to explain further, even after he was accused from, of the grocery store murders on the basis of his injury. Hill was convicted of the murders in a controversial trial. Following an unsuccessful appeal, political debates, and international calls for clemency from high-profile figures and workers' organization, he was executed in November 1915. His life and death have inspired books and poetry and several folk songs. The identity of the woman and the rival who supposedly caused Hill's injury, though frequently speculated upon, remain conjecture for mostly and for nearly an, a century. William Adler's 2011 biography of Hill reveals new information about his alibi, which was never introduced at the trial. According to Adler, Hill and his friend and countryman, Otto Appelqvist, were rivals for the attention of a 20-year-old named Hilda Erickson, member of the family with whom the two men were lodging. In a recently discovered letter, Erickson confirmed her relationship with the two men and the rivalry between them. The letter ex indicates that when she first discovered Hill was injured, he explained to her that Applequist had shot him, apparently out of jealousy. Um, supposedly Hill, Hill, uh, in order to not kiss and tell, uh, withheld the woman's name and withheld the whole situation rather than rat the woman out. Considering Morrison's past as a police officer, several men he had arrested were at first considered suspects. He refused to the name of the woman that he'd gotten killed over. He denied that he was involved in the robbery. He said that when he was shot, his hands were over his head and the bullet hole in his coat, four inches below the exit wound on his back, seemed to support this claim. Read a little more about it, uh, the case of Joe Hill. Now, the other thing we're celebrating is the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And of course, now most people know that King, uh, King was shot trying to help uh, sanitation workers. In other words, it was a labor, a labor action. And he 
went to Memphis, Tennessee to help striking um, striking workers there. Let's hear about what King says about the value of demanding that this city will respect the dignity of labor. So often we overlook the worth and the significance of those who are not in professional jobs, of those who are not in the so-called big jobs. But let me say to you tonight that whenever you are engaged in work that serves humanity and is for the building of humanity, it has dignity and it has worth. You are reminding not only Memphis, but you are reminding the nation that it is a crime for people to live in this rich nation and receive starvation wages. called The Streets. Excuse me. By uh, a speech by Martin Luther King, actually a continuance of the speech we just saw. What I'm saying to you this morning, my friend. This was in Chicago. Even if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper. Go on out and sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. If you can't be a pine on the top of a hill, be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the reel. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. It isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. And when you do this, when you do this, you've mastered the length of life. This onward push to the end of self-fulfillment is the end of a person's life. Now, don't stop here, though. You know, a lot of people get no further in life than the length. They, they develop their inner powers. They do their jobs well. Do you know they try to live as if nobody else lives in the world but themselves? And they use everybody as mere tools to get to where they are going. They don't love anybody but themselves. And the only kind of love that they really have for other people is utilitarian love. 
You know, they just love people that they can use. A lot of people never get beyond the first dimension of life. They use other people as mere steps to which or by which they can climb to their goals and their ambitions. These people don't work out well in life. They may go for a while. They may think they're making it all right. But there is a law. They call it the law of gravitation in the physical universe. And it works. It's final. It's inexorable. Whatever goes up can come down. You shall reap what you sow. God has structured this universe that way. And he who goes through life not concerned about others will be a subject victim of this law. So I move on and say that it is necessary to add breath to length. Now the breath of life is the outward concern for the welfare of others, as I said. Man has not begun to live until he can rise above the narrow confines of his own individual concerns to the broader concerns of all humanity. That was from a speech Martin Luther King gave in Chicago in 1967. Martin Luther King's labor card reads, Our needs are labor's needs. Decent wages, fair working conditions, livable housing, old age security, the great civil rights leader declared. King realized that civil rights are meaningless without economic rights. At one point he said, What difference does it make if I, whether, if I can sit at the table with you or not, if I can't afford the price of a hamburger. Many of his closest aides were veterans of the labor movement. Their tactics, like boycotts and sit-ins, had also been used in labor campaigns. In April of 1968, he went to Memphis, Tennessee to support striking sanitation workers in their struggle for union recognition. In his last speech, he said, support your brother. Maybe he's on strike and maybe you're not, but we get, go up together or we go down together. Now, it's kind of a, an open secret at this point. Um, one of the aspects of the cultural wars is to take people like King and somehow homogenize them and make them into uh, people who were fighting for uh, blacks only or people who did not really challenge the power that was creating, that creates this hell we have of, of inequality. King's last speech in his pocket when he was shot was, is America going to hell? 
King in 1967 stood up against the war in Vietnam and kind of, as some people said, bit the hand that had fed him. The federal government had been his ally in his civil rights movement in the South, but when it came to the war, which the establishment loved, the Vietnam War, Oh, we've got to defend our shores halfway around the world. Oh, this is a defensive war. Oh, communism is on the march. King was against it because he realized the connection between the war and poverty here in the United States. A year later, huh? coincidence? I don't know. He was killed. One more. This is the Good Samaritan. Parable of the Good Samaritan. And help welcome our honored, distinguished guest, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm sorry, we're looking for a different one. We are looking for the Good Samaritan. One day a man came to Jesus and he wanted to raise some questions about some vital matters of life. At points he wanted to trick Jesus. And show him that he knew a little more than Jesus knew and throw him off base. Now that question could have easily ended up in a philosophical and theological debate. But Jesus immediately pulled that question from midair and placed it on a dangerous curve between Jerusalem and Jericho. He talked about a certain man who fell among thieves. You remember that a Levite and the priest passed by on the other side. They didn't stop to help him. And finally, a man of another race came by. He got down from his beast, decided not to be compassionate by proxy. But he got down with him, administered first aid and help the man in need. Jesus ended up saying this was the good man, this was the great man, because he had the capacity to project the eye into the vow and to be concerned about his brother. Now you know we use our imagination a great deal to try to determine why the priest and the Levite didn't stop. The times we say they were busy going to a church meeting, an ecclesiastical gathering, and they had to get on down to Jerusalem so they wouldn't be late for their meeting. At other times, we would speculate that there was a religious law that one who was engaged in religious ceremonial was not to touch a human body 24 hours before the ceremony. And every now and then we begin to wonder 
whether maybe they were not going down to Jerusalem, down to Jericho rather, to organize a Jericho Road Improvement Association. That's a possibility. Maybe they felt that it was better to deal with the problem from the causal root rather than to get bogged down with an individual effect. But I'm going to tell you what my imagination tells me. It's possible that those men were afraid. You see, the Jericho Road is a dangerous road. I remember when Mrs. King and I were first in Jerusalem. We rented a car and drove from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And as soon as we got on that road, I said to my wife, I can see why Jesus used this as the setting for his parable. It's a winding, meandering road. It's really conducive for ambushing. You start out in Jerusalem, which is about 1,200 miles, or rather 1,200 feet above sea level. And by the time you get down to Jericho, 15 or 20 minutes later, you are about 2,200 feet below sea level. That's a dangerous road. In the days of Jesus, it came to be known as the bloody paths. And you know it's possible that the priest and the Levite looked over that man on the ground and wondered if the robbers were still around. Or it's possible that they felt that the man on the ground was merely faking. And he was acting like he had been robbed and hurt in order to seize them over there, love them there for quick and easy seizure. And so the first question that the priest asked, the first question that the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But then the Good Samaritan came by and he reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? That's the question before you tonight. Not if I stop to help the sanitation workers, what will happen to my job? Not if I stop to help the sanitation workers, what will happen to all of the hours that I usually spend in my office every day and every week as a pastor? The question is not if I stop to help this man in need, what will happen to me? The question is, if I do not stop to help the sanitation workers, what will happen to them? That's the question. That was Martin Luther King in uh, on April 3rd, 1968, three days before he was shot. The parable of the Good Samaritan, and like we say, and labor and love radio you got to you got to serve somebody and that's what king is saying to us here you're going to serve somebody you're either going to help the samaritan or you're just going to walk on by and make the world worse leave the the work of the bad guys without resisting it. 
Okay. Joe Hill and Martin Luther King, we celebrate them because we celebrate labor. They were great spokesmen for labor, and in King's case, for humanity. Okay, we're listening to Radio Labor now, our World Labor Report. Right around 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Hope you're enjoying Labor and Love. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, January 18th, 2019. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, 50,000 garment workers in Bangladesh strike for decent wages. In the United States, 800,000 federal workers are not being paid because of a partial government shutdown. The Labor Start report about union events around the world and singing. For every stitch of clothing, someone sweats away unseen. While the tangled threads of justice unravel and This is Radio Labor. In Bangladesh, garment workers are continuing their long struggle to win decent wages. The workers are employed by major retailers such as H&M, Tesco, and Walmart. On January 9th, 2019, some 50,000 workers walked out of their factories to support their wage demands. Police responded by firing tear gas and rubber bullets, killing one worker and injuring another 50. I spoke to Apoorva Kaivar about the situation. Ms. Kaivar is the Regional Secretary for South Asia for Industrial Global Union. Bangladesh has one of the lowest wages uh, in the world for garment workers. And there had been no increase since 2013. The wages were around 5,300 taka, the basic wage, which translates to about $62, dollars a month you know, depending on the exchange rate. So obviously it was a really, really low wage. The cost of living has increasingly increased in Dhaka. The cost of food, cost of rent, because most of these workers are not from Dhaka. They come from surrounding villages and work in Dhaka. So they need a rented place to stay and the rents have gone up. Um, the prices of food is increasing. The prices of everything is increasing and they had been finding it very difficult to manage. A stoppage of work or strikes now are, you know, it, it's not not new. This this is something that has happened before, because obviously since there was no increase from 2013, the pressure of the price rise on the workers' wages was increasing, and they had to resort to something. The minimum wage committee uh, came up uh, around in, in, in between July and September. There were all these negotiations that were happening. Uh, the minimum wage committee came up with the uh, revised wage. Uh, the minimum of which is about 8,000 uh, taka for the helpers, and they had a graded thing in about seven grades. And um, I think it was uh, it was to take effect from uh, November of 2018. And in December, I think um, some of because there were some rumors that people would not be paid at a higher wage, et cetera, et cetera. Some of the, there was some amount of worker unrest that started around in December, the first week of December, but it wasn't really that widespread. In January, I think, um, when workers received their wages and they realized that 
the wages that had been announced by the minimum wage committee were actually quite, quite low. Uh, the increases were not going to help them in a great way because it was quite low. The increases were not very high. Uh, you know, on 9th January, it kind of started escalating. Uh, the government, I'm glad to say, responded. There was a committee set up, and they have, they have now in, uh, announced marginal increases for uh, grades. The Industrial Bangladesh Council, which is the coordinating body of industrial affiliates in uh, uh, Bangladesh, they have called for the workers to go back to work. And uh, as on today, I think most workers have gone back to work. In the United States, a partial government shutdown is affecting 800,000 federal employees and their families. The shutdown was started because U.S. President Donald Trump wants $5.7 billion to build a wall on the Mexican border, and the Democratic Party in the Congress is refusing. The situation was explained in a podcast produced by the AFL-CIO, the largest labor federation in the U.S., This is State of the Unions. I'm Tim Schlittner. And I'm Julie Green. We are honored to be joined today by the president of the American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, J. David Cox. We're in the midst of a government shutdown, and President Cox is obviously very busy in the midst of this issue. President Cox, thank you for being here. Glad to be here with you. Let's talk about where we are today. Obviously, with your background, you know what it's like to be a federal employee. What's going on? What's the latest? This is a partial government shutdown. All federal employees are not locked out of their jobs. 800,000 federal employees, about half of those employees have been furloughed, said, go home. You're not allowed to work. If you come in here and try to work, we will take disciplinary adverse actions against you. The other employees have been deemed you are essential. You have to come to work. You are required to come to work. If you do not come to work, we will take disciplinary adverse action against you. But by the way, on payday, we are not going to pay you, but you must come to work. No other employer in this country can require its employees to go to work, work overtime, and refuse to pay them on payday. That's what we have occurring. And when you look at 800,000 people, you've got to realize that's affecting two, two and a half million folks with uh, family members, spouses, significant others, those people that depend upon the incomes of those individuals. And in many instances, we have husbands, wives, or parents, various relatives who work at the same institution. And so no one is receiving a paycheck in those households. I want to talk a little bit more about the scope of this. I think there's this misconception out there, at least in terms of how it's being reported in the news. And my family's from Ohio, right? They're not political. They work in the medical industry. Some of them think that it's just folks in D.C. in high paid government jobs who work in offices who are being affected by this. So maybe it's just not that big of a deal. What do you have to say to that? Over 85 percent of the people being affected by this government lockout, and I prefer the term lockout 
out because mm-hmm. they've been locked out of their jobs or locked into their job and just refuse to pay them, live outside of the District of Columbia. They are correctional officers in uh, the federal penitentiary bureau prison system. They are the transportation security officers at over 400 airports in this country. The average take-home pay of our members is around 500 a week. Wow. Now, that is a very small amount of money. Yes, they live paycheck to paycheck and missing one paycheck, and, and particularly a paycheck that could have overtime on it, mm-hmm. uh, creates devastating effects. So it is uh, it's happening in every zip code around this country. It's also the people at EPA, people at HUD, Housing Development, Small Business. There's many other agencies, Border Patrol agents, ICE agents, all of those folks are being required to go to work, not being paid. They're all over the country in every zip code. It's a stressful situation. I mean, those are stressful jobs to begin with. I've experienced government lockouts on the 1995-1996. My wife and I both worked for the VA. Come payday, we did not get paid. That created a a real hardship in our lives. We were unable to pay our mortgage, our our car payment. The kids had to have lunch money to go to school. But it's, it's really tough on folks out there. Here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a tiny sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of Thailand's persecution of union leaders, the sacking of hundreds, perhaps thousands, of Bangladeshi garment workers after widespread spontaneous wage strikes, and the huge Los Angeles teacher strike. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Swiss taxi drivers won a victory over unlicensed limousines with a one-day walkout last week. Private sector workers in Palestine struck to protest a new social security law. Over a thousand minicabs were parked outside government offices in London on Tuesday as drivers protested a new traffic congestion charge. In Uganda, there was a healthcare strike over arbitrary wage penalties that often match or exceed workers' salaries. Cambodian garment workers struck spontaneously after their factory was sold by its American owner to a Chinese corporation. Having learned from the three prior times that the factory changed hands, the workers are refusing to return to work until all their accumulated wages and entitlements have been paid out. Nigerian healthcare workers began an open-ended strike this week over social benefit payments. Angolan transport workers who have been bargaining for a wage increase brought the country's rail system to a halt for a day last week, while their already-off-the-job comrades in Mali started a hunger strike. A walkout over wage theft ended when a Kenyan sugar refinery finally paid the strikers what they were owed. And Pakistani dockers ended their 109-day strike when they were paid five months of wages that were owed to them. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the start of planning for a national women's strike in Switzerland this coming June, a report on how frequently domestic violence follows the victims to their workplaces in the United Kingdom, and how sex workers in France are organizing to protect themselves and each other. 
the free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the flash strike by French long-distance bus drivers after one of their comrades was attacked by a passenger, the effects of workplace stress in Ireland, and how and why South African paramedics face increasing violence on the job. Currently, Labor Start is running five online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here are the low tide drifters with every stitch. International labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
take a little break now. Uh, when we come back, we'll have more music of social significance. We'll have uh, this day in labor history. And we'll have the labor beat. This week's labor story. Welcome back to Labor and Love Radio. We come to you every Saturday morning live between 10 and 12, 10 a.m. and 12 noon. And you can archive our shows at mutinyradio.fm or at iTunes under Labor and Love Radio. All right. Let's for a minute imagine that, uh, let's forget about the whole Trump, Pelosi, the whole standoff, the whole government uh, being closed down and just listen to the fable, okay? The heads of the various parties can't agree so workers don't get paid. 800,000 people are not getting paid their wages. The government has stopped paying them. What does this show us? This shows us who's in line, who's at the front of the line and who isn't. The officials are still getting paid. The Congress people are still getting paid, even though some of them have been uh, honorable and refused to accept their pay. They make $174,000 a year. Uh, and they're getting paid. Who's not getting paid? The ones who are not getting paid are the ones who don't have as much political power as the ones who are getting paid. So if you're a federal worker and you're not getting paid, as they said, you're either being told to show up to work and work, being forced to work without pay, or you're being told you can't work. And if you come in, you will be punished. So who's got the power in this situation? Okay, the government has the power to affect workers' lives. They're taking away your sustenance. 
They're taking away your survival. This is a capitalist system. You had nothing to do with, with creating that. Under the capitalist system, the last one in line are the workers, the one who are most dependent upon the workers to make things run are the ones who are the last to be paid. Check it out. Here's Immortal Technique. Well, no, we're not going to get Immortal Technique. We'll have to... How about Mr. Tupac Shakur? In the morning and I ask myself It's like worth living, should I fix myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a Cops give a damn about a Negro Pull a trigger, kill a he's a hero Get it back to the kids who the hell care One less hungry mouth on the welfare First ship them, go and let them deal with brothers Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere Unless we share with each other we gotta start making changes Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers And that's how I'm supposed to be I can the double take a brother if he's close to me uh, I let it go back to when we played as kids But then it changed And that's the way it is Come on, come on That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah I want to be, only way I've, I've been practicing my whole life to live my life is to be responsible for what I do. I don't know how to be responsible for what every black male did. I don't know. I, yes, I am going to say that I'm a thug. That's because I came from the gutter and I'm still here. I see no changes. All I see is racist faces. Misplaced hate makes disgrace to racist. We under, I wonder what it takes to make this. One better place, let's erase the wasted. Take the evil out the people, they'll be acting right Cause both black and white and smoke a crack tonight And the only time we chill is when we kill each other It takes skills to be real time to heal each other And although it seems evident, we ain't great To see a black president, uh, It ain't a secret or concealed a fact A penitentiary's packed and it's filled with blacks But some things will never change Try to show another way, but you're staying in the dope game Now tell me what's a mother to do Being real, don't appeal to the brother in you you gotta operate the easy way. I made a G today. But you made it in a sleazy way. Sell it back to the kid. I gotta get paid. Well, hey, well, that's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Tupac Shakur was riding in his black BMW. The 25-year-old rapper had long been criticized. It's also charged with black men. Hey, the respect to the slain rapper. Not guilty. 
And still I see no changes Can a brother get a little peace? It's war on the streets and a war in the Middle East Instead of war on poverty They got a war on drugs so the police can bother me And I ain't never did a I ain't have to do But now back with the facts, giving it back to you Don't let them jack you up, back you up, crack you up And pips smack you up You gotta learn to hold your own They get jealous when they see you with your mobile phone But tell the cops I can't touch this I don't trust this when they try to rush up That's the sound of my You say it ain't cool My mama didn't raise no fool And as long as I stay black I gotta stay And I never get to lay back Cause I always gotta worry about the payback Some buck that I roughed up way back Coming back after all these years That's the way it is uh. That's just the way it is yeah, yeah, yeah. Things will never be the same Just the way it is What do I start at? Here we go. Check me. Chad. When Tupac come back, beef is on W. You wonder why the black and Latin people don't love you. Well, I'm first. We can start with the church. You politicizing religion. You and your father's the worst. And all next, y'all took welfare checks. Give us diseases and then collect healthcare debts. What up? What up? You only think about yourself. You sending niggas to war and your rifle is on the shelf. George, you something out. Osama give me death thousand times worse than you. Find them your fucking self. And why act? Like you care about the troops in Iraq Cause if you did, you would let them fly back It's cause of you them planes got hijacked You also the reason Katrina victims had to die like that They say you was hesitant, we say you was negligent It's about time for niggas to end Do I gotta state my position Before y'all start saying It's lip service He wishing I've been organizing I got a thousand petitions But not before sunrise grinding I'm on a mission If I could be president I would lower the rent And make stick man My secretary defense My whole cabinet Will be niggas who ain't having it You think it's fucked up now Just watch how bad it gets I push Bush off the White House roof Call it chickens coming home to roost It's overdue for millions Taking advantage of Taking for granted For the hungry For the hood For the good of the planet But not to get it twisted Bush is only a figurehead is bigger yet the whole system need to be put to death if i was president i'd get rid of the whole office pimp the system out of the people the motherfuckers gonna realize how serious this motherfucking shit is let them know nigga. Either 
understand him Where the rifle of reach him Or some bitch give him a blowjob So we can impeach him Teach the motherfucker About the drama I bring And cut Dick Cheney's hands off For pulling the strings This is for all my niggas Locked in the thing That'll never see the sun Till revolution is spring George Bush The puppet king of the planet Nigga he don't care About the marriage of faggots He got a supreme court Full of religious fanatics Let me break down the mechanics Al-Qaeda and America Been doing business well They tighter than Interscoping Double himself From the Patriot Act To what's a rape in Iraq To Russia's war with Afghanistan Taking it back Texas governor Your state was the most polluted And you had the most niggas executed Now you born again Alcoholic talking to God Yeah dog. I read the book your friends wrote And served the footnotes About how you used to sniff coke Fronting like drug free role models in harmony Your family in Florida Lives in a pharmacy Corporate larceny tax cuts That's how you started 12 IQ points And be a fucking retarded So I gotta represent When I tell niggas George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. 
Mal Hombre, dedicated to President Trump by the great Lydia Mendoza, who was active in the uh, 30s and 40s, uh, went around and sang at the labor camps in the American Southwest. Uh, Builds up a tremendous following among working people. Mal hombre, you son of a bitch. Pardon me. Before that, Bob Dylan, groom still waiting at the altar, reflecting uh, the craziness of uh, modern life, politically and personally. And, uh, of course, changes by Tupac Shakur. Um, Tupac's lyrics still untouchable. And uh, Immortal Technique, a rapper from New York City, talking about how we should impeach the president, and maybe we will. So you're just not that interested in politics. Hmm. Well, your boss is, your landlord is, your agent is, and every day your boss works to pay you less money, uses political power to pay you less, to make your insurance cost more, and to increase your rent. Maybe it's time to get into politics, huh? Could be. All right, let's let's get in now to the labor beat. Um, and as usual, we got more stuff to talk about than time to talk about it. Farm workers' defiance pays in California. This is on the socialist workers page. The fight in the field never stops. After four days on strike, farm workers in Kern County, California, forced Wonderful Company to reinstate the price it pays to workers for boxes of mandarins. Wonderful had been paying 53 per bin of mandarins picked, but in early January, it, in, it announced it would slash prices to $48 per bin. The price equals a $1.50 to $2 cut in the hourly wage for workers who already earn close to the minimum wage. Wonderful Company made headlines in December 2018 when it raised its minimum wage to $15 for 2,000 of its employees, including warehouse workers and packers of fruit and nuts. However, the strikers work for contractors and according to Wonderful, they are seasonal employees. Aha! We talked about this last week, how the federal government, the uh, Labor Relations Board, just recently uh, struck down an Obama-era decision that would make employers responsible for their for their contractors and how the contractors were treating the workers. 
Armando Elenes, Treasury Sec Secretary Treasurer of the United Farm Workers, told the LA Times that the company was trying to wash their hands by saying they're employees of labor contractors, even though California law holds contractors and growers equally responsible for labor issues. Strike started on January 12th. They called in the UFW to help them. By January 13th, only 100 of the 1,800 workers had shown up to work, effectively crippling Wonderful's operations. Read about it. Read about it at thesocialistworkers.org. L.A. teachers, now L.A. teachers on Monday went on strike. Um, the teachers and the school district are close to an agreement, but the teachers want support staff. They want nurses. They want mental health workers. They want counselors in every school. They want more money spent on education, pointing out that the district has an emergency fund of $1.9 billion. And they're suspicious of um, a plan to divide L.A. into 32 small school districts with a lot of... Uh, a lot of decision-making power going to uh, charter schools. The Supreme Court, surprising. The Supreme Court, this is slate. The Supreme Court just handed a big unanimous victory to workers. Wait, what? The Supreme Court handed a victory to American workers on Tuesday, ruling unanimously that independent contractors who work in transportation may not be forced into mandatory arbitration. Now, this is one way that big employers circumvent responsibility. So, Oftentimes, when you sign up to work, you have to sign a promise to submit any problems you have to arbitration instead of taking it to court where there might be a big settlement against the company. The company would rather sit down and try to browbeat you into settling for less than you might otherwise okay unanimously now and labor and love radio facing climate change without killing jobs and the uh, the preferred subject to talk about now is retraining tra retraining workers whose jobs have been climate changed out for example coal miners and training them to say, 
um, make solar panels. Okay. Facing climate change without killing jobs. What happens when your job is climate changed out? From the local to the global, C2ES is teaming up with policymakers, businesses, and other stakeholders to meet our critical climate and energy challenges. Center for Climate and Energy Solutions. Let's check out this other one. This is Herald. Let's see what they've got to say. Climate change will hammer the U.S. economy unless there's swift action to rein in greenhouse gas emissions from burning fossil fuels, according to the latest National Climate Assessment. President Dump has dismissed this forecast even though his own administration released a comprehensive synthesis of the best available science. He's taken the plan to reduce these emissions off the table because, in his opinion, they are job-killing. So, yeah, job-killing in the short run, but in the long run, humanity-killing. Opponents of climate regulations embrace a straightforward and long-standing argument. In their view, anything the government forces business to do will negatively affect their ability to employ workers. Some supporters of strong climate policies counter that the costs of climate change are high enough to justify climate policies, even though they might negatively affect workers. The book Does Regulation Kill Jobs, edited by University of Pennsylvania, Professor Kerry Kolianisi, covers regulations gen generally. It concludes that regulation overall is neither a prime job killer nor a key job creator. This is Har Harold Nett out of Everett, Washington. And they're looking at a situation that's going to affect a lot of people in the generations coming up. Okay. And, uh, let's play uh, our Hispanic workers video. And uh, Antoine Dangerfield is the speaker here, a man who worked in the factory. You turn into Labor and Love Radio, you're going to hear this a lot. <laughs> Amigos, get about this motherfucker. Y'all got them fucked up. The workers are walking out on their job. They sent a couple of them home. They all packed their shit up and shut this motherfucker down. 
Nigga, who y'all think y'all playing with? Mexico, man, this is what black people need to be on, man. I swear to God, I love this shit. They are packing they shit up and shutting this motherfucker. Huh? Uh, on my mama, all that shit. <laughs> they are not bullshitting. They packed up. Yeah, I see, it's over. Them motherfuckers now packed up and dipped. They thought they was gonna play with these amigos and they said, oh yeah, we rise together, homie. And they leaving. And they not bullshitting. Take this in, man. Look at this, man. They shut this big motherfucker down today, man. We all going home, man. The SAs. Look, ain't no grinding, cutting, welding. This motherfucker dead ass quiet. The Mexicans shut this motherfucker down, nigga. Said, fuck you, bitch. And really, and really, see, this is what I'm talking about, baby. I swear to God, they got me here geeked up. Oh, my Malcolm X shit. Oh, my mama, nigga. Fuck the bullshit, nigga. Look at this. They shut this bitch down. They pissed them off, nigga. And they said, fuck you, we out. We not working no more today. Kiss my ass, nigga. I'll let y'all tomorrow on my mama. That's great. Look. Ain't nobody here. We're just cleaning up. We're going home. It's over. I'm riding with the essays, nigga. Fuck it. Going to the crib. Going to the going to the casa. I thought I would go me and boy be in. You swear to God, these motherfuckers want to play it. Hey. Okay, that was by uh, Antoine Dangerfield, and it's a uh, work situation in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. However, it's time for us to go, and I want to get uh, Willie Dixon. It don't make sense if you can't make peace. And this is the B, and we're leaving you, but not really. As long as you're willing to stand up, you're never alone. This is the B, letting you know that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. And when you think about, if you don't have a seat at the table, a negotiating table that is, where you work, the various religions of there is. You're on the menu. The your life the and your well-being are being settled by someone else. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. When I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Come on down to Mutiny Radio and get involved. nation in the world, all the countries in the world, have all kinds of conventions and festivals, spend all the money, suppose you had to spend half as much money on trying to make peace. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? 
Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. <laughs> anything about it sorry all on my limited view yes every tuesday from 12 to 2 uh oh you can if you can also find us on apple Podcasts. oh yeah and google play and stitcher itunes oh you already said that tune in radio uh stitcher you said that spotify oh my god there's just so many and overcast um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, that kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shit. Yo, if you go to Joe's workshop, there's more than two people paying attention to you, Joe, and they ain't even doing what Joe's about. The Goose Quill put an end to talk. It abolished mystery. It gave architecture and towns. It brought roads and armies, bureaucracy. It was the basic metaphor with which the cycle of civilization began. The step from the dark into the light of the mind. The hand that filled the parchment page built a city. Fly Black Plastic on Muni Radio down at them. Mm.